Welcome to the WSU Wheat Beat Podcast. I'm your host, Drew Lyon, and I want to thank you for joining me as we explore the world of small grains production and research at Washington State University. In each episode, I speak with researchers from WSU and the USDA ARS to provide you with insights into the latest research on wheat and barley production. If you enjoy the WSU Wheat Beat podcast, do us a favor and subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcasting app. And leave us a review while you're there so others can find the show too. My guest today is Professor Ratan Lal. Dr. Lal is a distinguished professor of soil science and director of Ohio State University's Carbon Management and Sequestration Center. Dr. Lal was a member of the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change when that organization won the Nobel Peace Prize. He was awarded the 2018 World Agriculture Prize and the 2018 World Soil Prize. Dr. Lal has authored or co-authored more than 1,700 research journal publications and 22 books. He is a leading voice on issues related to climate change and soil carbon, soil degradation and restoration, food security, environmental quality, and sustainability. Dr. Lal was in Pullman in late January and delivered a presentation titled, Soil and Global Issues, Solutions Underfoot. It is my distinct pleasure to welcome Professor Lal to the WSU Wheat Beat Podcast. Hello, Ratan. Thank you. So, what is soil carbon sequestration? We hear this term all the time. How, how do you describe it? Well, the carbon sequestration in soil means taking CO2 from the atmosphere and through plant growth, putting the biomass back into the soil so that the soil organic carbon stock can be increased. When you put the biomass carbon, it can also release carbon dioxide through microbial decomposition. And carbon dioxide can be dissolved in water in soil, make carbonic acid. And carbonic acid, when it reacts with calcium, magnesium, potassium, and other cations, then it forms carbonates. So that is also carbon sequestration. Okay. So carbon sequestration is organic carbon as a humus and inorganic carbon as secondary carbonates. And in climates such as here in the Palouse region, both mechanisms exist. Okay, I've heard a lot about the organic end, but not so much about the uh, inorganic form. Arid climate uh, and irrigated agriculture, inorganic is also an important component. Okay, very interesting. So we also hear the term quite a bit now of soil health. How does soil health relate to carbon sequestration? Good point. There are two terms, soil quality or functionality and soil health. Soil quality or functionality means what soil does. For example, crop crop production or timber production or grazing. These are the functions of the soil. So the capacity of the soil to produce ecosystem services is soil quality. When we look at a soil as a living entity, because soil is a very large reservoir of biota, microorganism, mesoorganism, macroorganism, earthworm termites, and of course the microbiota, then soil behaves like a living entity. In other words, soil is a living biomass. Soil supports life and life is supported by soil. So when we look at a soil as a living entity and how it functions as a living organism, then we are talking about soil health. And one part which is very important is that the health of soil, plants, animal, 
people and environment is one and indivisible. And one of the strong determinants of soil health is soil organic carbon. In temperate region soils, such as here and the Midwest and Great Plains region, about 2% of organic carbon in the root zone is considered a threshold value. If it goes below that, some ecosystem services may be jeopardized. And that's okay. the relationship between the two. Okay. And, and we do have some soils in this part of the world that are less than 2%. Certainly. And I know soils of South Asia and West Africa where it is less than 0.1%. Oh, my. <laughs> and therefore, the ecosystem services and the use efficiency of irrigation and fertilizers and even the potential of improved varieties is not realized. Okay. You mentioned ecosystem services. Could you explain what some of those well, might be? Well, uh, soil are used for producing food, feed, fiber, fuel, and many other material, filtering of water, sequestering of carbon to mitigate climate change. All of those are examples of ecosystem services, and they depend on soil health. And an important indicator of soil health is organic carbon, which, as I said, should be around 2% in the root zone. And when it declines very severely, uh, by erosion and plowing especially, uh, then those services are jeopardized. Okay. So is soil management a solution to adaptation to climate change? I think I know the answer to it, but <laughs> can you uh, tell us well, how? Yes. Uh, in the pre-industrial era, the carbon dioxide concentration in the atmosphere is about 280 parts per million. As of today, it's more than 410 parts per million. Consequently, the temperature of the earth has increased by almost 1.1 degree, more than 1 degree centigrade. Okay. Very rapid change has happened since last few decades. If the rate of change of temperature is more than 0.1 degree centigrade per decade, we call it global warming. Okay. So human-induced global warming is a problem. Last year in 2018, for example, human combusted the fossil fuel, about 10 gigaton of carbon emitted in the atmosphere. Deforestation and other agricultural land use change was another one and a half. So we emit 11 and a half gigaton of carbon in the atmosphere. If we can sequester some of it back in the soil and vegetation, then land can become a major sink of the anthropogenic emission. I think the potential is about two and a half to three gigaton a year okay. in forest and soils together. So soil and agriculture managed properly is a solution to climate change mitigation. And it's a win-win situation, win-win, because we can't do without food, we can't do without water. And at the same time, while we're achieving those, then it also mitigates climate change. Okay, so, so soils can be uh, uh, an important instrument in, in managing global climate change. Then. Absolutely. Okay. And that part should be recognized not only by farmers, because they are the stewards of those natural resources, but also by policymakers. So they can provide incentives to farmer to make agriculture and soil a solution to climate change. Okay. So how can soil be used to advance the, the sustainable development goals of the United Nations? Well, um, the United Nations in 2015 started a uh, agenda called Agenda 2030, which has 17 goals. And one of the first goals of that is uh, end poverty. That's okay. zero goal number one. Second goal is zero hunger by 2030. 
Goal number six is uh, water and sanitation. Goal number 13 is climate action. Goal number 15 is life on land. So all these one, two, six, 13, 15 goals are essentially based on how land and soil and agriculture can be managed to improve productivity, farmers' income, sustainability, sequester carbon in soil, conserve water, filter water so that the algal bloom and anoxia does not happen, increase biodiversity, uh, sequester carbon, both organic and inorganic, to mitigate climate change. And then uh, life on land means increased biodiversity. So United Nations has also come up with a program called Land Degradation Neutrality. So UN Convention to Combat Desertification, an organization based in Bonn, Germany, okay. they have said by 2030, every country should have a goal of land degradation neutrality. If you degrade land somewhere by erosion within a country, you must conserve and restore somewhere equivalent land so that the net degradation by each country is zero. And that's a very good part. So all of these are excellent examples how soil, sustainable management of land, and improved agriculture are really critical, very important to achieving those goals. They should be considered uh, as a solution, how agriculture can um, become really a win-win-win option. All right. I know if I'm a bit of a fan of history, and if you read history, many civilizations have perished because they haven't taken care Absol of the land. Absolutely. Uh, Mayan, the Incans, the Mesopotamians, and uh, Indus Valley, they all perished. Once very thriving civilization uh, because they ignored uh, the land resources. They took soils for granted. And this civilization, which I call carbon civilization, since 1750 to current era, I think must learn from those past lessons and mend our ways that we respect soil and natural resources, do not take it for granted, and we always improve, restore, and use it prudently and judiciously. I couldn't agree with you more. So if our listeners want to learn a little bit more about what you do at the Ohio State University's Carbon Management and Sequestration Center, do you have a website or something they could go <laughs> we do. to? We do. We have a website. We also have a quarterly newsletter. And uh, the website is, uh, you can see our accomplishments. Uh, we have developed a global network. I have been very privileged, very fortunate. We had 112 graduate students work with us. Uh, we had uh, 175 visiting scholars who are scientists who came to us from other countries, including South America, Brazil, uh, Argentina, uh, Chile, uh, Mexico, uh, from Europe, Norway especially, Iceland, uh, Spain, okay. uh, Asia, India, China, Pakistan, uh, 170 of them, and uh, they bring their wisdom to us. We learn from them, and then they go back. We have developed a common program together. So we have a global network of about 360 scientists trying to make soil and agriculture solution to adaptation, mitigation, and climate change, including food security. Okay. And nutrition security. So what is the web address? Is it a simple one we can uh, give to? C-Mask. What is that At the uh, Ohio State webpage, we'll oh. have a, a, a link to CMOS, Carbon Management and Sequestration Center. Okay. Uh, and that will take you to our newsletter, our list of publications. 
Okay. In fact, we just printed today uh, 1967 to 2019 list of our publications. Okay. And uh, we have uh, some of the video, which we have recorded my lectures and other presentations also available. So it's a good site and uh, hopefully uh, some of your audience can access it. If not, contact me okay. at lal.1osu.edu and we're delighted to send them to you. Okay, we'll get that uh, web address and email address in our show notes. Thank you, Thank you very much for your time, Dr. Lal. Thanks I appreciate having you here. Thank you. Thanks for joining us and listening to the WSU Wheat Beat Podcast. If you like what you hear, don't forget to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes or your favorite podcasting app. If you have questions or topics you'd like to hear on future episodes, please email me at drew.lyon, that's L-Y-O-N, at wsu.edu. You can find us online at smallgrains.wsu.edu and on Facebook and Twitter at WSU Small Grains. The WSU Wheat Beat Podcast is a production of Connors Communications and the College of Agricultural, Human, and Natural Resource Sciences at Washington State University. I'm Drew Lyon. We'll see you next time.